0: All right, man, and we're live. Good deal. First podcast, six AM podcast.
1: Welcome,
0: welcome everyone. We're gonna take some time here this morning to, to introduce uh, ourselves and what this uh, what this podcast is about. This would be our first one. That's right. Uh, I am uh, I am your co host, Jeff Beck. And here is my other co-host,
1: Mr. Jeff Galino. That's
0: right. That's uh in live.
1: This in, is an extenuation of Jeff and Jeff in the morning. That's
0: right. So for those of you that uh, that uh, train with us, we are uh, you probably know who we are. And uh, we assume that probably the majority of our audience will probably, in the beginning at the very least, will know who we are. But for those of you that don't know who we are, uh, we are two Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belts who teach a 6 a.m. class at our academy at Harrisburg Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Judo. And the point of this podcast uh, is about lessons that we've learned on the mat and how those lessons are extrapolated out into everyday life, because we see a connection between the art of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and the things that we've done here and the people that we've rolled with and the things that we've seen and everyday life. So that's kind of where we're headed with this, guys.
1: Yeah, so, you know, as Jeff and I were talking, uh, we were trying to figure out what we hope to accomplish through this. And uh, we had a couple of different ideas that we were looking to accomplish. uh, For me, on the Galeno side... I was very interested in being able to share some of the thoughts that Jeff and I have behind the scenes. So Jeff, as we're getting prepared for classes and we're getting things ready and figuring out the game plan, the track that we want to pursue and teach, um, sometimes we have these conversations in the background to discuss with certain people, about certain people, about certain things, and achieving what it is that will improve them.
0: I would agree. I would think that the, the, the probably the most valid part of teaching is all the things that we actually learn from, yeah. from our students and from our other instructors and the, the entire process of learning how to, to be a teacher, um, knowing that we uh, – and just to give some, some background to, like, where this all started – uh, and the reason that the six a.m. podcast is called the six a.m. podcast is is that uh, you know we uh, train, like I said, at a at an academy in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, uh, called Harrisburg Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and Judo. Um, both uh, Galino and I have been there for some time, um, and uh, I'd say for me it's just about six years that I've been training there. And uh, there was a there was a call for uh, an early morning class. Now the majority of my martial arts career. Um, training took place very early in the morning yeah. and uh, and it was convenient from the standpoint that both Galino and I are are um, uh, we have full-time jobs as many of our students do uh, we do not do this professionally so in other words we don't uh, we don't make money off of teaching <laughs> Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu students um, and so and for us, we wanted this opportunity to to go and, and do this in the morning. And, uh, and sure enough, we and when we started, we should also note that we had no idea if anybody would show up, right? I mean, right. I mean, right. it was a crapshoot. Yeah, um, the
1: first day we uh, we gave a high five in the parking lot and <laughs> kind of said, we'll see. But the truth be told is there were already people in the parking lot waiting That's to go right. in. That's right. It was pretty impressive. Uh, and uh, And so
0: this was... Lovingly marked as 6 a.m. I mean, just, and that's the way we spell it, S-I-X-A-M, it's 6 a.m., and it's become its own thing, uh, and so we thought that this would be a great avenue to, to talk about a lot of these things that we've learned, um, a lot of things that we observe, and and then we'd like to keep the conversation going. So our hope is not only this being a conversation about things that, that we observe, but we'd also love to bring in... Um, you know other people's perspectives and do some interviews in the future and we just really want to have a good time. I think ultimately our our goal is is to uh provide at least some levity in your day, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and and move things in a positive direction for you guys because that's that's what we try to do on the mat,
1: right? I would that's think right. so. That's right. So if you've ever attended um those who know what six a.m. is They know what 6 a.m. is. They know what that means. They know where Jeff and I, Beck and I, are coming from um, when we speak about 6 a.m. as a way of life. And so one of the things that Jeff and I typically find ourselves doing is getting in trouble. We do get in a lot of trouble. We get in a lot of trouble. And one of the ways that we get in trouble is... because you're a troublemaker. (laughs) How many times have you gotten in trouble for getting home late? Very rarely, very rarely, yeah <laughs> <laughs> i uh I sometimes fail to make it home to put the kids on the bus, and uh the reason for that is is because we tend to sit around and um, get into Fairly deep conversations.
0: I have a very, um, I have a very understanding woman. She appreciates that. Like you know, the the reverse of this, of course, is that I would spend a tremendous amount of time after right. class at night, and and I usually have the kids with me, so we're all <laughs> yeah. late then. That's right. So you'd rather I just be late in the morning than... That's right. But to be fair, I normally make it on time. That's I, true. I, That's true. I don't live far from the from the academy, so yeah. So I can I can pretty much I can pretty well hustle my butt home and get yep. the kids on the bed. Uh, get on the bed on the bus, so.
1: So, the, the genesis of today, um, the topic we're talking about is titled First Things First. And uh, that came out of a conversation that we started, and um, tracking where that came from, the twisted spider web that that came from, um, probably something to the effect of that the people who are here share a unique feature that we all have some sort of courage. Sure. And. Um, we started talking about coming up those stairs
0: right i mean the the i mean it's something that comes up on a regular basis is the is when we're when we're discussing about our our jiu jitsu careers we, i mean this is in context to you know specifically jiu jitsu but we uh, we've all been there where we had to we had to get the muster the courage to go into our first academy and walk up the stairs or walk in the door, and you know that there's a bunch of monsters in there that have experience, and they're you know it sounds horrible. You know? It does. Assume, sound horrible. You know, it's sweaty, it's hot, and people are beating the crap out of each other. And uh, and you know for those of you guys who are just starting out or thinking about doing something like this, um, it's it takes we respect it. It takes a lot of guts to walk up the it walk does. up those stairs or walk in those front doors and say, hey, I'm a new person. I don't know what I'm doing, but I, I'd like to try it. Right, and that to me is is the definition of bravery of being afraid but doing it anyway. And we all have right. similar stories of walking in for the first time. And I think more importantly for us is the fact that we we see this in everyday life too. Right? I mean, there's there's an element to being. I mean, we we associate bravery with um, acts of valor and so forth, and rightly so. But remember that just as a just as an average human being, there are everyday acts of bravery on your own part and you know whether or not you whether or not you went out or you (laughs) you went for it but and and that's funny too because that's another thing that uh, in terms of in terms of being brave and doing that for the first time we've heard lots of stories of people who actually came to the academy got to the to the top of the stairs heard what was going didn't even open the door it was like nope this isn't for me i'm out of here only to return Several weeks later, like they had to work up the courage, yeah. to do it and respect. Like I mean, and, and I maybe that. several
1: weeks later, they came in and just sat in the chairs. Right. right you know, right. you couldn't even fish them off the side of the mat to try to get a gi on and you know jump on the mat. That's it's a scary thing. Not to mention that I think that we all suffer at one point or another the desire to talk about jujitsu. Oh. Or to slip it into a conversation. Right. And a lot of times that's how people will hear about what we do. Sure. And decide to come in. But not to mention that there's another way people hear about it. It's when we come in bruised and battered. We come into work, we come into uh, a family situation, we've got a black eye or our ears hanging off the side of our head. Yeah. And, you know, there's some telltale sign that we've been hustling around a little bit. Yeah, we're (laughs) we're part of
0: Fight Club. So -hmm.
1: so when people naturally, you know, come in, you know, maybe they're intrigued and they, they come through the door, they're expecting that same treatment or or to come out with the same bumps and bruises. Sure,
0: sure. And to be fair, you know, uh, it is called Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for those that are that could be potentially listening to this and not know, uh, it is called the gentle art. It is a ground grappling art. It is based on uh, the pr- principles of, of Japanese jiu-jitsu. It has been modified um, by the Gracie family, most notably. Um, it is now, it, it is pretty much now its own beast, right? But um, yeah. it, it is about, uh, it's about dominating your opponent on the ground through positional wrestling and ultimately submitting your opponent. Um, and it is called the gentle art because there's no striking in it. Yeah. Um, but we do end up taking elbows to the face on occasion, and and I think a lot of these <laughs> bloody noses, lips. I mean, sure. dangling ears, broken fingers. I mean, the whole yeah. runs the gamut. It is a combat. But wrestle sport.
1: with your kids. Oh yeah, and and the same thing will sure. happen. I mean, sure. I've had my kid actually pick up a chair because they've been watching WWE and they think that's the way it's done. Right. So I've gotten tagged with a chair before, inadvertently or quite a purpose. <laughs> So, um, you know, not not to mix it up with the aggressiveness of what we're doing. There's just any time you have this type of contact sport, uh, things happen. They so, do happen. So at any rate, people there come there is in, a there is a waiver. You have, they, to, you have
0: to sign the waiver. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they come in, right? They come yeah. in for their first for their first class, and and or or just to observe, right? So let's talk
1: about that, Jeff. Sure. Right. Mr. Beck. Sorry, guys. So, first things first. We're going to try to refer each other by the last name because um, I'm hoping it doesn't get confusing. Because
0: we're both both named Jeff. By the
1: way, we are both Jeff.
0: Yeah, we're not fucking with you. It's it's straight (laughs) up.
1: (laughs) So, um, Beck, why don't you talk about, you know, your heart's racing. You've got the... You you got to take a deep breath. You get out of the car. You're thinking about doing jujitsu for the first time. Sure. Can you rewind to that? Yeah, to I can. Time? So let
0: let's talk about that. Let's talk about the the first time. So so my first experience in martial arts. Um, I want to say, uh, my my eldest son is now eleven. So I mean, so I mean, twelve years ago. That's how far back we have to go. Um, to my first, and I was, I was in my late twenties, so I was actually a late bloomer. I didn't get started, right. you know, and when I was a kid, if I can go further back, when I was a kid, I really, I mean, I, I'm a kid of the eighties the through the nineties. And uh, I loved the Karate Kid. I loved all oh, yeah. the the Van Dam movies, and and I mean everything to me was was combat. I mean, seeing them fight and oh, being yeah.
1: inspired to try all the Brownhouse kicks. And yeah,
0: absolutely. Growing up in the growing up in the eighties and into the early nineties, I mean, it, like America was combat. That's yeah, all it was. Absolutely. And if you if you weren't uh, if you weren't into like beating the crap out of each other, then you know.
1: You were oh, nothing, man. right? If you could be on Bloodsport,
0: right? I mean, I it, so at any rate, I really wanted to. I really wanted to experience martial arts, and uh, my parents weren't overly keen on it. And I, and it's not that they weren't supportive of it, but I think they kind of just. I think their solution to the problem was they bought me a karate book, and I learned the horse stance and all yeah. these things in a book that I bought right. at a at a you know school book fair. Um, so time would progress and I would, you know, I would get involved in all kinds of other things that were, that were of interest like music. And of course my career, I, as a profession, I am a a graphic designer, specializes in branding and identity. Uh, and I've been doing it for 21 years and I love it. Um, I have a family, you know, all these things like took precedence over some of these other you know, endeavors. And I had a buddy of mine who I worked with and he, um, he started in a a little place in Mount Joy that was offering Jeet Kune Do, which is, for those of you that aren't familiar with Jeet Kune Do, is Bruce Lee's actual martial art. Oh, cool. And so, it worked in the four ranges of fighting, right? Stand up, uh, striking, clinch, you know, or I should say, you know, striking, the clinch, um, and the ground. So, um, the ground component of jiu-jitsu was Brazilian jiu-jitsu. That's what was taught. Yeah, and so this uh, this buddy of mine, who was older than I was, was like, "You have to, you have to try this out. You'll, you'll love it." And uh, I went, and for again to paint some sort of like vague picture of who I was back then. I mean, in high school, I got into all kinds of like little fisticuffs and scraps and stuff like that. Nothing ever major. And I don't want to paint the picture that I was some sort of dominant street fighter. But in my mind, I was. Sure. <laughs> in my mind, I was like, I could handle myself. <laughs> no problem. And, and also keeping in mind that the people that, that I'd met for the first time were, were primarily white belts in, in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And they were new to striking. They had more experience than I did. Yeah. And they beat the crap out of me. I mean, it was, it was humbling to say the least. It was, it was overwhelming, I think, is the best way to put it. Especially on the ground. Mm-hmm. So dodging strikes or covering up was one thing. But when it came to the ground, like, I was being smothered. And I could not, for the life of me, no matter how hard I tried, I could not get them off of me. And it's uh,
1: it's very helpless.
0: It was. Now, I'm a bit of a masochist, so to me it was pure joy. Bring it. (laughs) Yeah. I I thought it was great. Um, it was very, very humbling because I I I think it was the first thing I told my wife when I when I got home is like, I can't fight for shit. <laughs> I'm doomed, like and, this and is. those
1: kind of guys who are always out to uh, earn the the love and admiration of our wives. Yeah, yeah. It was it was that, again that another humbling. <laughs> like
0: like if I have to defend your life, we're we're in trouble. <laughs> you you better do it. <laughs> so and that's what started my that's what started my. My career, and from a from a fear standpoint, the the actual the actual uh fear of fighting came after the first class. The first class, I maybe was I was maybe apprehensive in terms of thinking whether or not this was real, like whether this was realistic. I was looking for for a genuine uh, experience in terms of self defense, and wasn't quite sure what I was going to get into. At that point, I was older. Um, so I was not interested in wasting my time kicking and punching air or whatever, whatever I, you know, whatever things were stuck in my head at that time. Um, and so the, the real fear came to the, to the having to go back. Yeah. Right. And and eating humble pie and realizing that if I wanted to get good at it, um, that I would have to practice.
1: What if you remember back, what was the, uh, the one technique that gripped you? first uh it um,
0: it was side control it
1: was side control yeah
0: side control I mean it was it was and I and I could obviously I just told you without hesitation side control was it like I was like I could not get out of side control yeah I mean in in the matches were probably only three or four minutes long Sure. and there was only there's I want to say there was maybe six or seven people at this at this gym yeah Um, it wasn't a very big place and uh and it was and like we did striking first and so I felt pretty good about the striking side of things, like because yeah. and of course everybody was taking it easy and being very light and friendly to me. So I should also mention that everybody, um, everybody was super nice, even though my preconceived notion was that when I walked in, everybody was like,
1: "Want to fight? The oh, I can't wait
0: you. to eat this guy!" Right? Exactly. Yeah. You know, and um, they definitely talk got about the, that
1: a second. How, how long do those people last in the gym?
0: uh the people that want that want to fight
1: yes so so the the people who um who learn a couple techniques and they get a little bit of confidence next thing you know they are the tough guy they want to fight everybody
0: sure uh they they don't last very long i mean the these these places uh in terms of now there's a difference. There's a difference between having confidence and being hungry. Like if you sure. want to be a fighter, right? right. Uh, whether it's in you know boxing or mixed martial arts or Brazilian jiu jitsu or whatever combat sport you happen to be a part of, um, you know there's that, and then there's the there's the tough guy. The tough guy is a guy that doesn't need to be taught. Knows everything there is to know about what you're going to teach them, or knows a better way. And and just wants to get into into a scrape, right? Yeah. And I, the brilliant part about uh, Brazilian jiu jitsu in particular that I've found is that it does a really good job of weeding out assholes and it, it does. just gets rid of them. Uh, yeah. It's true. They, they just get they just get smashed. And and the worst part about it for them is they get smashed by the nicest people you'll ever meet. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And because I think from from uh, from a technical standpoint, Brazilian jiu jitsu does. There's not a better art that teaches you about yourself, like how to control your own body. You're, and I say this in class. You've heard this. I, I talk about posture and composure as being two of the key components to every position in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And these people are calm, calculated, skilled, and you don't even have to have that much experience to take one of these guys out and show them that, <laughs> that that's Which is
1: why fly. wrestlers excel. They do. Um, initially, you know, we, we have wrestlers that come in and they have that composure and that posture. Um, there's nothing worse than rolling with somebody and realizing you're the only one breathing hard. Right. right. Of course. Yeah. And um, there's a certain vacuum in the room that that creates that you seem to need to fill. And so you try harder, and they right. try harder, and and the more you try, the more they get a, a little grin. Yeah. Or, and and the worst thing is then when they stop. And they say, you know what, hey, let, let me just show you what, what's going on here. Right. And, and then Humble Pie enters.
0: That's right. Because you realize you've just been punching yourself in the face. You know that? Like, stop hitting yourself. Stop, <laughs> stop hitting yourself. yourself. <laughs> yeah, You've been hitting yourself the entire time. You know, it was yeah. it, you're, you find out that real quick that you are fighting yourself more than anything else. More than any other opponent. Many, more than any other, you yeah. know, whatever fantasy world. And that's another thing, too, is it, it destroys the fantasy world. Right for yeah. you, like what you were going to do, and that that really ties into like what we're talking about today. You know, you know, first things first, and and bravery, and all those things I think is important. Is that uh, is that you um, you realize that most of this stuff is in your head, like you've That's created true. it, and by that same token, you can also overcome it.
1: Right? Yeah. So a lot of what we learn and over the years is that inner dialogue while you're rolling. Right. It's. Okay, breathe. Okay, frame. Right. Okay, it's time to move. That's right. (laughs) You know, and and oh, crap! It's too late. You know. You know, and having those conversations rather than I'm dying, I can't breathe. This guy's heavy. Oh my gosh, he's strong. Right. And and those having the the change in those dialogues, and you know, not to get it wrong or twisted. Right. We still have those dialogues where they get off track. Oh sure later on in this, in this sport. Yeah. And I'm sure if you talk to somebody who's been a black belt for 20 years, would probably tell you the same thing that, you know, once fear enters and insecurity enters, a lot of things go out the window. Sure. They say, I always say, everybody's a tough guy till they get punched in the face.
0: Oh, sure. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's totally true. I mean, but the, you know, that also, it also speaks to something else that's important is that no matter where you are in life and the things that you've done and the amount of experience you have, you're still a human being. You're still prone to the to the normal feelings of being a human being. Sure. The only difference is is that after uh after an enormous amount of time, effort and energy and experience is that you're able to control those yeah. components a lot better. You know, you yeah. feel more comfortable being uncomfortable. And I think that's again another key point to uh, to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu that, that I think could be extrapolated out into to real life. It's I was just thinking the same thing. The more you do it, the more comfortable you become being uncomfortable. That yeah. is life. Life is being uncomfortable. I can't remember the last time that I had a day that went the way that I expected it to. Yeah.
1: You know? Well, and I think the but, analogy that's always the best in this conversation is speaking in public. You know, and, and you'll hear people who speak in public frequently will tell you the quickening... Never stops right you know the the three minutes before you get on stage um, you know the the quickening of your breath, the pulse rate goes up, you get a little sweaty on your forehead, whatever it is um, until you get in your groove, but um, these people who do it for long periods of time, you know they they can get into a groove quicker, sure the, the inner dialogue is stronger, and they're they're learning how to confront those fears. And to manage them out of experience, maintain right. posture, composure, and composure. That's right, right. So I mean, and so so,
0: for me, as in terms of origin stories, like that's that's what happened. And I was, I I mean, like many other people who get involved in these things, they become addicted to it. I mean, because it is you know, you, you feel great after class, no matter how beat up you are, you feel terrific. And, and then, you know, then it would take, it goes, it ebbs and flows from there, you know, where you have your high points and your low points and so forth. And that fear starts to creep in that you're not very good. And, and we could, I think we need to talk about that here a little bit later, but I would love to hear then your origin story. Yeah. And what were your first experience walking into a, a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu gym was like?
1: Yeah. So. My origin story is—it's uh, kind of funny. I was—I was fat. I was out of shape. Uh, I was in my mid to late twenties, and uh, you know we were starting to have kids. You know I was a guy who played sports in high school. Um, not much in college, and then you know maybe got into snowboarding things like yeah. that. Had other interests that kept me somewhat active, but. Um, I, I liked being very active, so it really started out at a, an LA boxing gym. Now, not to be confused with LA Fitness, LA boxing was—I um, think it was a—you um, know—a gym in a box s- store. Sure. Yeah. Um, but it it catered to people who wanted to get into shape, use cardio, boxing, and kickboxing, Muay Thai. Um, things like that in order to get their life in order from a physical standpoint. Um, you know, it's one of these places had, you know, 30 heavy bags on racks.
0: Yeah. Did it have uh, like techno music in the background?
1: Yeah. Where you're like punching bags. Now the interesting thing was though, uh, this was out in New Jersey. Okay. So being in that Jersey, New York market is a big fight market. So a lot of the instructors came with records. Okay. Um, it was, it was interesting to see that, you know, when you were learning the strike, they would give that flavor of what it was like to be in the ring. Um, a lot of there was active rest going on, things to keep your heart rate up, you know, and, and eventually, once you get used to being there, you look into the back of the gym and they have a ring. So the next logical step you want to go to is to get in that ring. Sure, of course. Um, whether you saw it on TV or you saw a, a fight live. Like, what's it like to stand inside the ring, have yeah. your back against the ropes? Yeah, because you're an idiot. Because you're an idiot, <laughs> right? You know, and we started off with the shin pads and the, the kick pads, the chest pads for uh, for training. We had focus mitts, um, you know, hours. I want to be real clear on the hours of jump rope, uh, different things to keep our cardio in, in check, to the point where you actually wanted to take this in and see if you could fight. Sure. Um, and that's kind of when it happened. Uh, a couple guys came in. There was a judo black belt. Okay. Um, And there was a couple guys who were fighting MMA, and um, they brought the grappling aspect in. Okay. <laughs> and... And you know, like, uh, and they say, man, I, I saw this girl from across the room and we fell in love at first sight. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's kind of the way grappling was. Yeah. You know, all this boxing stuff, I was crazy about it. I would stay for class after class, back to back sometimes, but then the grappling bug bit. Yeah. And, um, it just never really was the same. Okay. Right. Right. So the, the genesis to me getting into Brazilian Jiu Jitsu was, um. You know, I was paying a lot of money to go to that L.A. Boxing, which, by the way, ended up becoming a U.S. UFC gym. Okay. The old right. gym in a box for UFC. Yeah. Um, but I, I I, drove down the road, and, uh, you know, there was just a, a small sign, Team Oliveira Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, he was a, a black belt. I believe he was a second-degree black belt at the time and uh, had opened a gym. He was from Brazil, and, you know spoke very broken English, but his wife worked the desk and she was super kind and inviting. But it's the same thing. You know, you open up that door and it's almost like the record stops and everybody turns to look. Yeah. And that's where the rubber hits the road. That's right. You're either going to take a deep breath and walk forward or you're going to say... Oh, this is the wrong store, and <laughs> move, move down the plaza. Some of us is too late. You know, we're yeah. we're in there like I can't turn around now. I'll look like a total sissy. But so, I think that the similarity between both of those stories is that we were exposed to grappling before we walked into a jitsu gym, Brazilian jiu-jitsu gym. Yeah,
0: right. A stri- strictly, right, exactly. I would say most of my most of my. Uh, you know, training at, at from from in a particular time period was in mixed martial arts. So I mean, it was all the striking components and it uh, mixed in with the ground art. So I had uh, while I trained Brazilian jiu jitsu, um, and I did I should mention that I did train in the gi like it, it, from the very get go. Um, so that was good because I was introduced to to the gi yeah. almost right away, and so for me it was. That was primary, right? Like, you have a gi, That's right. and now I did a lot of no gi as well. Um, and I love no gi, I love all you know, I love all grappling, so sure. But it's, um, but uh, you know, it wouldn't be until I got to uh Harrisburg, you know, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and Judo that like there was like this formal structure, and it's not yeah. very formal. I should, I should note, we're not <laughs> it's not predicated on like formality, but it 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 was a much larger gym, and it is a much larger gym. Um, and they had a structure and I will say, speaking of eating humble pie, everybody, this guy that's back over here, I'll tell you right now that I walked into that gym with, I want to say, you know, about six years of experience. And I say experience loosely. I mean, I trained regularly. Um, I was serious about it. I loved it. And, um, but, uh, I wasn't in any type of, I wasn't any type of ever in one place long enough for it to be, to matter. I wasn't right. ranked in any way. And they had me start at white belt. Ooh. Yeah. And that was six years ago. So, uh, we're almost six years ago. So, you know, and which was fine, but I had to eat it. You know? Yeah. Now the good news was, is on the days that I totally sucked, I was like, well, I'm just a white belt. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and on the days that I was really good, I was like, I'm not really a white belt, <laughs> you
1: yeah.
0: know, but, but I mean like that was, and it was discussed. I mean, they talked about it. They decided like that this would probably be best for everybody. And, uh, and I, and I said, absolutely. I, um, but uh, but there was fear in that there was so it almost like starting all over again walking up those same stairs that we walk up yeah you know three mornings a week at at uh, five thirty in the morning to get a six a m class started I had that same thought I I had scheduled an opportunity to come and meet with uh, with the owners and talk to them about it I wasn't sure how they were going to handle like you know, where I'd been from. And I know that they were doing what was best for their students. They want to make sure that I wasn't full of crap. They want to make sure that, yeah. you know... And that and that if I was going to be serious about this, that that's the type of environment they wanted to, to, to produce and the type of students that they want to produce. Yeah. So I... You know, I said absolutely. You know, right? I'm a pretty easygoing guy. I wasn't gonna throw a big fit. I was like, "Well, I'll fight you for my blue belt." Yeah. So
1: you walked onto the mat you threw <laughs> everything. Uh, who's first?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, and by the way, by the way, so I, I, maybe people from the gym will be listening to this. I have to tell this story. Is that like? Is that uh, the first person I met uh, at Harrisburg Jiu-Jitsu um, is is a guy by the name of David. And I will won't, won't use his last name in this context, um, for a variety of reasons. He's one of the owners. He's a black belt, um, and I met him, and I thought he hated my guts. Like I, I just he like he he didn't he didn't inter- he didn't like show me around the gym really or like yeah. introduce me to anybody, and and I was like oh this guy hates me, and that that's something else too that I have to like in speaking about fear. Uh, is I was like, great. I'm in a place where like they don't actually want me. And again, just so I don't want to give it away, but it was all in my head. Yeah. Right. Um, and right. I, I decided that I was, it, despite the fact that I think this guy doesn't like me, um, was that I was going to come and train anyway. And then the next person I met uh, was Sean Raber, who, oh, I used his last name. God damn it. Anyway, anyway, it's okay. Sean knows I love him. Anyway, Sean is another black belt, and when he le- arrived at class, he looked mean. I mean mean. Like, he was going to kill me yeah. mean, right? And I was like, this guy is badass, and he's going he's gonna to eat me. And he wasn't. He was super nice. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, and,
1: and uh, the funny thing about him is, is you couldn't be farther from the truth to say he's mean.
0: He's not. He's not, a, he's not a, there's not a mean bone in that guy's body. Like, there just isn't. He's a tremendous grappler.
1: You could probably poke him in the eye on purpose.
0: Yeah, he'd be like, it's okay.
1: He'd be like, yeah, no. I've only
0: so. ever seen him mad one time on the mat. One time. And it was a nightmare. Well, that's a story for another day, Yeah, kids. and,
1: and uh, yeah, we need to talk about that story at some yeah, point. At time. some point,
0: we'll tell, we'll tell that story. I, it might be
1: one of the stories I, I've laughed the hardest at. It
0: was, it was a freaking nightmare. <laughs> like, and, not, and not for Sean. It was for the other guy. Yeah. So, at any rate... Um, you know with that said like uh and then i and then I realized that like it, it was it was more of just you know a feeling out period uh for for David and he was running a he was running a tight ship. it was kind of like this was his role in the gym, and it wasn't long before you know I was part of that family and so like a lot of that stuff was mostly in my head it wasn't right. you know uh it, it wasn't because he didn't like me. Although I will have to admit that I saw him introduce other students like new students right after me and he showed him where the locker room was and he introduced <laughs> them to people and I was like, what the hell man? <laughs> Why does this guy hate me?
1: <laughs> but it wasn't that at all you no, know it wasn't that no. at all I so I, I think the funny thing you'll find is when you this is more of the rule than I think in this situation sure. is that the people on the mat, Want to help you. They do. Sometimes it makes them feel good to help somebody. Because we all want that opportunity to, to show something we've learned. Right. And, um, you know, it, I've always said that the most important person in the gym is the brand new white belt.
0: Uh, talk about that.
1: Yeah. So... I believe that everybody's important there. You know, there's, there's no um, lack of value to anybody in the gym. You have black belts for their seasoned um, experience and skill set. Right. Brown belts for their eagerness to, to hit that level where they can start focusing on a game.
0: And dashing good looks.
1: And dashing good looks. Don't yeah. forget that. Yeah. You've got the purple belts who are the leadership of the gym in the sense of the tempo and the testing of the higher belts and the, the leadership. There's more purple belts than there are brown and black belts, yeah. uh, typically. And you have the blue belts who have finally come into their own and become people. Right. right. Um, and by it's- the way, that's that's a rule that you don't get a name until you become a blue belt. <laughs> right? And Which we're
0: going to contradict here in just a minute. Yeah, talk about how yeah we'll <laughs> contradict
1: it in just a minute. Um, and then you have this slew of white belts. The people who may never make it back after three months or a year. Sure. Um but then you have the brand new white belt. It's the guy who comes in to a slew of white belts with one stripe and above. Right. And the reason I think they're the most important is because when we're starting our journey, we are all sharpening each other. Your person across from you on the mat is the most important person in this situation because they're your training partner. They're the person who's helping you grow. And we're all growing together. I, I, I'm gonna have, I don't know how many times i heard somebody say, I don't feel like I'm progressing. I don't feel like I'm progressing. Well, of course you don't feel like it because you're comparing yourself to everybody else in the same gym who's learning the same techniques and working hard.
0: Sure. Can we? Can I interrupt you real quick? Sure. Can we talk about, just real quick, because it's an important note, like we're talking about it in context to a brazilian jiu-jitsu gym, right? Sure. or or one of these environments, but so too does this mean that like when you and i know because i feel the same way, like if you're you meet a new person in your office yeah. or you know, you meet somebody out at a at a social gathering, it, you know, the when you when you change your mindset in terms of like understanding their where they're coming from in terms of like that they they may be fearful or yeah. nervous or excited or whatever all of a sudden you're more you're more open to embracing them as That's just right. a human being right like yeah. uh, like respecting where they come from versus versus the automatic like what's that guy looking at right i noticed uh, one of the one of the key features of learning how to fight was understanding that like the majority of the time when i was younger that I got into a scrape or, or a scrap was because I was eyeballing that guy, right? right. Not the other way around. Like, what, what's that guy looking at? Right? He yeah. wants to go, you know. And it was yeah. because I was Don't like, look "Me in the eye, Art." Yeah, I was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you fucking start with me. <laughs> So we had so you had this like so you had this opportunity to where you could have made you know made you don't even have to be friends with somebody but you yeah. could have just paid like paid it no mind or been a happier comfortable guy and you, instead you started a beef because of your own ego right yeah. i mean your own mindset was was infecting this right yeah. and i think that's i think that's what we appreciate most about about a brand new white belt in a Brazilian jiu-jitsu gym is that, first of all, we respect the fact that you had that you the guts and the courage so to walk, walk up, up the stairs. stairs. That's right. And That's start. Right. Learn how to put your gi on. Learn how to tie your belt. And walk out onto those mats not knowing anything. Yeah. Right? That's right. And with, with full knowledge of the fact that our job is to, is to choke you unconscious. Right or just to yeah. dominate positionally to make you miserable, right? Because it is a combat sport. It is it is extremely athletic. Yes. it requires a lot of a lot from you, right? Yeah. Um and and then and then to see you return the next day or the next class. Oh, absolutely. Right. You know you're the most important part because you are you are we are you.
1: Yeah.
0: And we hope that you will be us, right?
1: Yeah. And if you think about it. It's the very first time in a white belt's journey that they get to see how far they've progressed. Right. It's the only time that 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 genesis will happen. Because up until that point, you are getting beat on. Right. In a kind way. It's the gentle art. It is the gentle art. But you are the one who is taking all the lumps. Right. And for the first time, somebody comes in completely green. And you get this opportunity to feel for the first time... How far you've come. Sure. So this this parlay's into other things as well, and you know a lot of the stuff we talk about really does apply to life. Sure. There's people in our gym that are still in high school. Right. Absolutely. And you know it. We'd be remiss to say that high school is probably one of the toughest places in kids' lives right now. Sure. Um, as far as the bullying issues that are coming out, um, just the place you are in life, and imagine if you could apply this to life in high school to the kid who's the outsider. Sure. The person who's walking through the front doors first, uh, for the first day. And you know, you've already accomplished the small things, how to tie your belt or how to open your locker right? or how to put a gi on properly or where the bathrooms are. Right. And, um, we're so eager to help on the mats, you know, and, and it, you know, not just school. Um, in our workplace and you know how, how to love people in a way that you don't let them feel alienated that's right
0: and you don't even have to love them like I mean I am a lover right, right. not a fighter by, by just who I am but you don't even have to love these people you just have to appreciate where they're coming from. Not everything is as it seems. Right. They say there's two sides to every story, but I argue that there's probably far more than that. Sure. And you, I mean, how egotistical do you have to be to figure out that you've had one interaction with somebody and you've decided everything <laughs> you need to know about them, right? I mean, what an asshole. Yeah. And that's on you, right? Like, I think, I think you know, at its core, all these topics and these subjects are about, you know, are ultimately about self-responsibility, right? Like, it's about, and you have you have a hero or zero moment, right? Where you, and don't get me wrong, I've failed many times, sure. this, but you have an opportunity to affect somebody's life in a positive way. And you do it, and if, you, if you're doing this on the mat, for instance, in a Brazilian jiu-jitsu context, right, there's no reason for you not to take, you take this out into the world and do it with other people. And, and, and for most people, I would say that the hardest part of your day had already occurred after you got off the mat, right? Oh, my goodness. Like, everything else is gravy, right? You've already you've already defended against people who were trying to, who could, who could ultimately kill you if they wanted to, right? And you yeah. defended yourself against that. That's right. That's something, it's, it's, and it's in an a live environment. That's something we didn't touch on for those that don't grapple. Like, this is tested in a live environment. We roll. Yes. Like, at 100%, trying to get each other to submit, right? That's right. And, uh, and we all walk out alive
1: you know, so. Well, there's one way to do
0: that. Right. You it's, it's, the <laughs> it's the tap. It's the tack. <laughs> it's the <tap. laughs> Right. Um, but you know, I, and I, you are speaking about kids and I think this, I think this is a really valid thing. I, 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 I tend to side maybe in a, in a way that I think is, is that may differ from, from a lot of folks in, in terms of looking at the potential of our, our children, the younger generations, the generations that are getting ready to graduate now. And, and they I think I get a lot of grief. Are they? Are those? Are they considered millennials? The ones that are, or are they the ones that are already out of school right yeah, now? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'm just, I don't know where their generation gap is. I apologize. I'll have to look into it. I should be more educated before I speak about it. But the but the truth is, is that all those kids, whether they're in their early twenties or in grade, graduate high school or are um, in middle school and elementary school. Uh, they're brilliant they're brilliant kids and I noticed that um, that they suffer a lot from anxiety and self-confidence is mm-hmm. really where like these issues come from um, and uh, I, I only wish that I could provide them like I could show them and this is part of the problem of being a parent you can attest oh, to this yeah. you know is saying like you guys don't understand that you people are going to set the world on fire. You're amazing yeah. human beings, and uh, there's no reason more that.
1: at your hands than than any generation right. has ever
0: had. Right, right. And so, like all this, all this fear and anxiety that you're you're facing right now, you can tackle this now and just think about how powerful you yeah. will be as a human being. And where we start, where they are the generations that can start and have been. They are doing it. Where they're treating each other with with. Mutual respect and understanding you don't have to agree with somebody to respect them as a human being, yeah right that's right and I mean the best part about having a, 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 an argument with somebody is it for it to be constructive right not you know not to be abusive yeah as soon as it turns abusive like it's over right I mean have you ever Absolutely. gotten anything done in a, in a heated argument with anybody? Not that I can recall. I can't either. I mean it just doesn't <laughs> happen. Like you're you you're like this and I don't mean to say that everybody that does this is abusive, but the argument becomes abusive, right? Yes. You start nitpicking and you know, and next thing you know, like you've allowed again, I tie this back in, you've allowed your fear, your own self fear and lack of confidence to dictate what you're going to say to somebody that you love or somebody you don't even freaking know, and now you're this has turned abusive. And you've ruined any opportunity you, at that moment too. Yeah. Make a positive impact. Yeah. And sometimes you just got to leave it alone, right? Sometimes you just got to walk away from the shit, but
1: Yeah, which usually typically th- those are the conversations that will end people's memberships at the gym. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. You know, when when the humble pie hasn't been fully eaten, when the aggression is still there, um maybe there's a uh, an un- unhealthy expectation of the ability to enter the UFC, um, maybe. Maybe.
0: By that same token, I'll say too that we have we have guys right now that train with us on a regular who started with the ambition of starting the UFC, starring in the UFC as a fighter. Yeah. And they're like the sweetest, the nicest guys. That's the thing I I just love about fighting. Right, they, that these people. Are not what you think they are, right? Right. I, I can think of one off the top of my head who's having a tremendous amateur career right now, and he started off as a guy that just he's like, look, this is what I want to do, this is where I want to be, and he just stayed focused on it, and he wasn't particularly good or, nor bad in any particular you know any particular area, but the Driven. but the dude just trains. I mean, he yeah. just trains and trains and trains, and he's having a spectacular amateur career. And, uh, and I believe him when he says it like I'm going I want to go to the UFC I want to go to the big show and I want to fight I believe he could do it yeah. you know versus everybody I, I, we'll speak to this too real quick everybody I met I, I fought amateurs and mixed martial arts as well and almost everybody I met at that time period um, was had like a 10 and 2 record right I mean wow. every, everybody talked but it's bullshit it was all a lie <laughs> none of them had fought at all I mean I, I, I sincerely and it just for the just, I'll put it out into the world for the record is I have a losing, I have a losing uh, mixed martial arts record, right? right? But it's my record, right? I, I did, it. and I used to think to myself, "Am I the only guy that says, <laughs> has a losing <laughs> record in mixed martial arts?" You know, like I just wasn't that good, you know. Like I mean, I, I mean, I faced a lot of things that, that that I wasn't expecting, and it had nothing to do with technique, right? Right. It had everything to do with the fear of yeah. being in that in that cage and not understanding, like that I could access the tools that I had. And part of that was just a lack of training. And, so, you know, I mean, like things could have changed and been different. At a, at a certain point, though, I realized that this is just not where I want to spend my time. I was getting older and, you know, I was paying to do this. I wasn't getting paid to to fight. Um, but I was satisfied with what I had learned. And I moved on to, to focusing strictly on Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which I've had, you know, I've enjoyed tremendously. But... Um, I tell you, like the, those guys, those guys that come to you and say, you know, what's your record ten to two? Oh, you won't find me online, or or you know, you won't find my record anywhere. You know, they're full of shit, and they're terrified. They're terrified that that you're going to put them on the mat, and they're going to have to prove it, right? Yeah, that's and, right. And that's the best part about Brazilian jiu jitsu. Yeah, that's the best part of like of taking action and doing things because it's put up or shut up time. So, and that's yeah. what I respect about you folks that come into that. Come into that gym or, or walk into a circumstance that you're not sure of with the with the the confidence and the bravery to at least admit that you don't know what you're doing and learn yeah that's what I love because that I yeah. know it took I know it took guts I know it and I know it continues to take guts to do these things
1: right you know i i, I there's one promise I can make is that if you stick with it and, and if you remain healthy obviously. It's, but if you stick with it, you will get better.
0: You will. It's a guarantee.
1: And I think that's something that's been really cool that we've got to see in the 6 a.m. class. So, uh, what is almost a year and a half now that we've had this? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's going so, on two years. So, um, yeah. it, it, it has been enough time to have new students come in and to be able to track them over a period of time. And I believe one of our students is actually on track to become a Bluebell. A guy who started at six a.m. Sure, um, he, and he he goes. Uh, I I can use his um, his hustle name, which is Toby One Kenobi.
0: Toby One Kenobi. Yes.
1: You know he's a he's a great example of somebody who started um, at a six a.m. class, and you know is moving along. You know he does attend the night classes, and he gets sure. as much in as he can. Sure. Um, But he's a person that is improving. And you finally see someone who's going to become a blue belt. So this is an exciting time for us.
0: Sure. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, like our good, uh, like our good friend Robert, who just became a blue belt not long. That's ago. That's right. Same, same yeah, scenario. You know, as well. You know, and if we
1: forget anybody, you know, no. no oh, don't worry. Any. Well,
0: if you, uh, we will most certainly call you out on this this podcast. <laughs> and if uh, if if for whatever reason this is a problem, you just let us know. We won't say your name anymore. But <laughs> but you people affect our lives in a in a in a really positive way, and we want to make sure that uh, we shout out to you for sure. So um, Jeff,
1: we have to wrap this up. And we I, do. I wanted to say uh, this in closing. That um, we're sharing with you all. Us coming up the stairs. That's right. That's the word so we're we're launching this podcast um, in hopes that you know some of the things that we observe and get to talk about, and um, you know that that they can somehow help others to grow in in the way they view jujitsu and or right. in the path that they're taking. Um, so you're all witnessing us coming up the stairs again. That's right. This was nerve-wracking. This was very nerve-wracking.
0: <laughs> but I had a good time. And I, and I hope, like, hopefully you guys got something out of this or will get something out of this when you listen to it. Um, and uh, we have big plans for the future. Um, we're looking right now to, to set up a weekly a weekly podcast. We have a variety of topics we'd like to discuss. Like I said, we'd love to get people in on it on from an interview standpoint and, and share their perspectives and the lessons they learned in, in an effort to give something back to you guys because you've given yeah. so much to us. Um and uh, we're we're really looking forward to doing that. So. Yeah,
1: and, and we've got some some things planned from a logistics standpoint. We do. Uh, we're going to be hoping to open up a uh, a comments uh, section where we can have some conversation. Sure. After the cast.
0: Yep, you'll be able to find us uh, on social media and on the web, and uh, and then again you'll be able to download our you know our podcasts and and take a listen and so forth and uh, we've gotten again we have big plans for the future but we'll we'll save those for another time so, so. you
1: are witnessing 6am hashtag #6am become a thing uh, yeah let it let it
0: grow baby let all it right. grow so anyway so this is the 6am podcast episode number 1 first okay. things first, first signing things off first. Uh, signing i'm off. your co-host jeff beck and jeff collins
1: ooh so sexy all right see you guys